All right. Well, so why don't we go through our little things and see see what's happening? How about if, yeah, yeah, yeah. How about we can get back on our um, our vibe. Let's do a little practice check in. You want to start, or you want me to start? Uh, I'll I'll go ahead and start. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Uh, practice check in. So uh, a little bit of arranging work this week with uh, your boy, Mr. Jeremy Davenport, uh, out of originally out of U City, Missouri, but now in New Orleans, Louisiana. Made a little trio track for him. Uh, nice. And looking forward to hearing how that turns out. Just a little arrangement of the Christmas song. And okay. then, again, working on uh, the Magic Voicing System and working on some ear training that I'll be teaching later. And I can't wait for everybody to, to hear the new ear training course. Check it out. Look what I, I bought for it. It's called 5-Minute Ear Training. So yeah. did you know that you can get pretty much any time of a hourglass sand timer you want in any color nowadays it's like the, <laughs> the, the age we live in so i've got my little five minute hourglass timer that i'm gonna very viably just set up in the course so that we can tell them what that means i want to know what viably means that's very interesting it means that we're not we're not taking it too seriously we're going to get very vibey with our ear training you know, okay just we're going to when this is when this sand is out of the hourglass, that's the end of ear training for the day. That's all I'm saying. That's right. Good, 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 good. So that's pretty much it. What about you? What are you working on? Um, you know what? I went back and jumped into some scales, a little bit of scales, and I went. I was going real basic this week. I don't know why. I just, you know, we we talked about before a little bit of um, like uh, what do you call it? Um, going with your instinct, or or not even going by. My, my, well, yeah, kind of going with instinct, more like just going by feel. You know, like kind of your first thing that you feel like you should go to. I guess that's your instinct. Yeah. Um, and I was just so whenever I'd sit down, I'd, I would just sort of say, OK, I'm going to practice some technical stuff first and whatever I gravitated towards, like just sort of stream of consciousness. And it was all basic Bob scales. And so I tried to really think about like just basic things, mu- musicianship, pianistic type stuff like, um, you know, just sound and tone and evenness. And so mm. I think it's good. It's almost like kind of a technical reset. Uh, I feel like sometimes to go through to play something that's just so basic to you and so uh, primal uh, from a technical level, but to really see how nuanced you can get um, with the those core elements of music. So that was fun. And that's kind great, of you know, I... like good, good, good on the on the mental. Uh, I think I just like like everybody. I think you, we go in and out of different times, but it's like when there's a lot mentally on you in other parts of your life, it's nice to kind of have a refuge in, in music. And so mm. if you feel like there's been a lot of mental energy you've had to put on other things, life in general, that maybe when we practice, nothing wrong with going to something that takes less mental energy and more just sort of pure music. I think it's a great lesson. And scales are something that you can come back to for your entire life and still learn new little nuances about them uh, as you come back again and again. It's great. Yeah, good stuff, good stuff, good stuff. All right, let's do a little fitness and diet check-in. What you know about that? Oh, oh boy, you know I'm way into it. So I'm at about, man, I've done about, I want to say, probably about 35 days in a row of yoga, in a row, Mm. that I've made, that I've been able to make. I didn't think I was going to make it today, actually, but we ended up going remote, and I had 20 minutes here that I could just go and catch it real quick, and it was great. Um so I'm pretty proud about that actually. That's a that's a new that's a good streak for me. Yeah. Well and that's all you need, really, right? Twenty minutes. This, yeah, yeah. And this is really the yeah. first time I've ever done yoga. I'm really digging it, man. As a as a just a nice like gentle exercise. It's fantastic. I feel like 
I feel great. I really do. Well, you can go ahead and plug your your favorite online yoga source if you want. Kelly Martin Yoga. No. Oh no. Uh, I was, oh yeah, Kelly Martin Yoga, of course too. But but your shameless your plug for for YouTubers for, uh, for YouTubers. Yeah, I mean, Yoga with Adrian is. I mean, she's the most famous, right? Just easy yeah. to easy to get into, easy to dive into. Yep. Cool. Okay. Now I just I just did something not good there. Not that not good there. Um, okay, I fixed it. Um, okay, cool. I did a, a nine miler yesterday uh, at Forest Park. It turns out running from my house to Forest Park, if I go a little bit of a extended way through Washington University, you're familiar with Was- Wa- Washington University. What do we call it in St. Louis? Wash you. What's this? Wash you. Can you give it a little more St. Louis yeah. accent on it though? Wash you. Yeah, <laughs> wash you. <laughs> so if I run oh, through wash you, wash you, yeah, yeah. <laughs> wash yeah, you over to. Um, Forest Park and then run around it the long way around. Well, really just on the outside in the back of my house. That's nine miles. And that was my assignment for the day from my um, running coach. And so, bam, knocked that down at a nice, easy pace. And it was it was nice. I mean, it was kind of cool to be outside in shorts. It wasn't like that warm yesterday, but it was easy to be in shorts if you're exerting yourself a little bit physically. In nice. December, nothing wrong with that. I mean, I'm anti-global warming. Don't get me wrong. I'm very upset about that. Very, very, very against uh, global warming. But it was nice to be out there in some shorts. So, um, let's see what else we got. So we're going to be getting to Q and A's. If you guys are new here, I know we do sometimes have some new folks. Um, first of all, welcome. This is a safe jazz piano place. Not just piano. It's really a safe music place, right? Safe life place. But sure. my name's P- Peter, and this is Adam, and we do this live. You'll hear it. this is a podcast as well. Um, but we're doing live, um, mostly focused on Q&A, just kind of getting the week out, week started out right. If any questions you have about practicing, playing piano, playing jazz, improvising, listening to music. Listen is a big thing here at the You'll Hear mm. podcast. Wouldn't you say so, Adam? Yeah, for sure. For sure. For sure. Yeah. So should we jump to some questions? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. You got one or you want me to jump in there? Uh, let's see what we have up here. So Jose says a question that won't require keys. Can you guys comment on personal growth skills as a musician versus career growth slash recognition? So I, I, I would say, first of all, Jose, there's not much of a difference between those two things, right? Um, when you agree, Peter, that it's like, it's really like personal growth and, and career growth are kind of hand in hand here. Well, I think yeah. If you if 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 you maybe approach it what we would consider possibly a little judgmentally the right way, you know, or a, a productive mm-hmm. way, um, an inclusive way, that mm-hmm. the the more those get in line, I think the better, the better that your professional and personal goals, you know, line up. The easier the easier the process of growth is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. But there are definitely some things you can work on for either sides of those things. So, you know, I think the most important thing with personal growth is getting more and more comfortable, not being comfortable. Mm. That skill is something that it's like, that's a never ending quest. I don't know about for you, but for me, it's like, you know, just when you think like, okay, I'm cool with this thing, whether that's like a B major scale or playing in public or playing in front of a hero or playing in front of a huge crowd, or, I mean, it just keeps, it's always going to be a new challenge, right? To be comfortable in the uncomfortable. You know, the first time that you have to be on video playing or something like that, or the first time that the the bass player gets lost, right? Like all yeah. these situations are, are situations which are not comfortable. They're hard to prepare for. 
And I would say that like the more acceptance you can develop as you grow, uh, that's really something that's going to carry you through in all aspects of not just your playing, but your career as well. And then for career growth, you know, the biggest thing that I've learned was, was really to actually have some kind of a agenda, uh, that is not fixed or set in stone, but you can, uh, you can really kind of map out, you know what I mean? It, it seems, that seems very ambitious, but it's really not to just be like, here's where I want to be in five years, right? Or two years or a year. Here's where I want to be in my career, like with my actual job. Like I want to be playing with this, with these kinds of people, or I want to be doing this kind of thing, or I want to yeah. be making more money at writing than at playing, whatever that is, you know, to go about it with some intention, I think was a yeah. lesson that it took me a, a couple of years to learn. But once I did, uh, things started going pretty good. You know, it's like, you, it's funny enough, Peter, when you put some intention behind things, I don't know if you know this, <laughs> right? but things towards, it's kind of lean towards that way. So, yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, I think one of the hardest things uh, about, you know, being able to kind of put this sort of action plan that you describe, Adam, into place is accepting even inviting and certainly welcoming the inevitable um stumbles the inevitable mm -hmm. obstacles the the mistakes the errors the um getting fired getting knocked off i mean it, it can come in many different forms you know in in our practice like we hate to fail at things because we want to see constant growth it's just like human nature and and mm -hmm. you want to be productive and you want to feel like it's a straight line your development you know it's like if you're doing the dishes it's like you want to get them as quickly as possible into the dishwasher cleaned and then out and stacked up again with the least amount of resistance but unlike doing the dishes learning an art form there's not only the inevitable peaks and valleys ups and downs not only are those mandatory they're actually the very substance of what makes ends up making you a meaningful artist you know and having yeah the ability to say something in this music. And so you have to take, you know, a, a big swallow of humility and, and swallow your pride. Um, you know, you have to be very humble. You have to accept defeat constantly. Um, that's just part of it, you know? Uh, and so, you know, it's, it's easy to kind of intellectualize and say, well, of course to grow, you know, failure breeds later growth and, and success and everything. But actually going through it is a very emotional thing. You know, it's very it's very much tied to your self-worth, especially like sometimes you think, oh, well, when I get better, it'll be easier because I won't be failing as much. But what I would what I found is that the failures in some ways, if you don't really understand and lean into the good parts of failure, that the failures get bigger. And as you're because the stakes get higher, both mm. on the kind of micro level of what you're playing, like you know, you can play more, you can develop more. So if you're able to tell a start to tell a really good story and then you have a failure at the climax of the story, it's going to be much more tragic potentially and, and more noticeable and mm. more embarrassing and, and all these things that go along with that. Then when you're just kind of meandering along, like once you really learn how to tell a story in improvisation and you're just sort of playing licks or, or just trying to feel your way through things, you're not really taking anybody anywhere anyway. So if you kind of start messing up it's like ah you can just sort of jump back on it anyway uh, again so it's kind of like if you're if you're evil Knievel early career and he's just like jumping over little bumps and stuff no big deal but what about when he's jumping over the grand canyon 
Did he actually do that? I remember he kept playing. It was like for he months. Attempted. It was he attempted. He attempted. I don't think he, he made it. He didn't make it. Yeah. The stakes were higher. You know, the failure was higher. So you have to really use the easy, safe failures at the beginning, like you're playing a major scale and you're messing up the fingering and, you know, these basic things to start to learn how to fail and learn how mm -hmm. to grow because they, it's just, there's, there's not one with the other. Totally true. And I think that's something that, a lot of a lot of folks might be a little scared of like I, I'm gonna fail. Well, yeah, yeah. That's how you're gonna get better. Yeah. That's the only way. Right. As a matter of fact, like we don't get better off our successes. We get better off of our failures. And there's there's no way to do that except to fail. And the, there's a, a added benefit then is that you develop, you know, the thicker skin for failure, and it just gets easier and easier and easier to fail. Which sounds funny, yep. but the more you fail, then the less you fail. Ultimately, it's it's an interesting dichotomy, but it's so true. And it, this all sounds very motivational postery, but it's actual, like real world experience here. That if you just keep putting yourself out there, keep failing and learning from your mistakes, as long as you have an open mind, you're going to be fine. Yep. Uh, Enrique, yep. I asks, mean that's actually one of the only really. Um, I don't want to say questions that aggravates me, but yeah, questions that ag aggravates me is when students or folks is just like how do i learn how to like how can i practice so i don't make any mistakes and so i don't have any failures and so that i don't um like they only let, a, a, yeah, let us yeah, all know only, when you figure that <laughs> yeah, exactly yeah let yeah. us know but even if you could well i mean look this is the thing it's just like improvisation if you're doing that then um or if you're even attempting to do that then you're not taking enough chances and your story's going to be lame so you know mm. there you go Enrique asks, how important would you all say scales are? Because, you know, you were talking about your scale practice and now we're talking, you know, just hear about a little bit of scales. But, you know, Enrique, for me, scale practice can be some of the most rewarding and inspiring musical practice you can do if you do it right. And and the key is to sort of get out of this idea of just sort of like a linear scales and, and in a boring way and, a you know, an old piano teacher slapping your wrists with the ruler as you do it. You know, learning the modes of the major scale of the melodic minor ascending scales, learning the modes and how they can work in every key is like that is that is like step one of being a decent improviser. And so going and, and actually that's a really fun stage that to be in because everything yeah. can be very exciting. And you're like, this is that sound that I keep hearing. And I I just discovered it's the, you know, Lydian dominant scale or whatever it is. And it's the same as the altered scale or whatever, <laughs> you know. It can be a very cool time. So I would say just, you know, stick with it if you're having trouble sticking with scales. I don't know. Your question kind of implies like, you know, how important is it? Do I really yeah. have to do it? Like <laughs> it, what it is is music theory and piano technique and a bunch of stuff all in one. So, yeah. And I think it's it's actually I'm cool with that question and 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 good with that question in that. If it's coming from the place, which it sounds like it is from Enrique, that um, like you want to know that something that you're working on that you can't fully, there's no way you can fully understand until you spent many years mastering that aspect of music and then trying to apply it and then applying it and then doing it in different ways. It's very hard to tell exactly how useful it's going to be. So like with scales, when you first start learning them, you can see certain applications where they're useful, but you're only like scratching the surface with it because you have to wait for the rest of your musicianship to kind of catch up. You have to, you know, ear training. We talk about you but earlier, um, being able to listen, being able to develop your vocabulary. Like, like it's a building block. So it's kind of like 
how important are bricks to an architect? Well, when you're first going to architecture school, not very important because you're not going to have any um, jobs yet where you're going to be like asked to, to construct a building. Right. But you're mm. already starting to think about it and like, you know, visualize it. Even if you don't have all the techniques, you should be there should be a certain amount of wanderlust and, and kind of wonderment in terms of like, wow, I'm going to be. Um, building something and so like understanding how those bricks are going to be used wow do i want to use those with some other kind of building materials and stuff so i think that you want to be you know thinking about the different applications of scales and like how they help you from a technical standpoint but also from like a vocabulary standpoint even before you can fully do it so you might like listen to you know a bebop phrase that somebody played and be like wow okay now i hear some of that scale that i'm working on i don't really know how to do mm. it yet but okay i can hear that so you start to know that the promised land is out there, but mm. wow, I'm going to have to use this. And then it starts to kind of snowball after a certain point because like once you are able to identify a pattern and a scale is just a pattern in music basically because it's a, it's a succession of intervals strung together. So once you start to pattern and pattern recognize, you start to see it everywhere and you're like, wow, okay, this really is a building block because there's other stuff that you might learn in music that are just like around the edges, like, and they could be technical, but also theoretical like scales. Cause that's the other thing you got to remember about scales. Super important because they're not just about technique. They're not just about vocabulary. Like they, they're, that's some of their big areas, but they, they're intertwined into so much of the music. And then there's so much like, like you couldn't really avoid playing parts of scales, even if you tried to, because as soon as you put two notes together, it's part of some scale. Right. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I think that it's a very exciting thing, but you have to you have to trust that they're going to become more and more like like the importance of it is going to be revealed slowly over time. So you have to put in the sets and reps before you really see the results, knowing that, you know, that much just like the putting that money into the bank. I put one hundred dollars a month in. If you start when you're 20 years old, by the time you're like 65, what are you a millionaire or something? Man, I wish somebody had told me. Oh, no, somebody did tell me when I was 20. Everybody tells it. you that. And you're always like, eh, I'll do it later. And then yeah, you wake yeah. up and you're because 50 you and you're see... like, what? I, exactly. So, I mean, that's the same thing with this. Like, so if you do put, put in the time on those scales later on, you'll be drawing on that. Because you never, it's, it's like learning to ride a bike. Like, if you learn this stuff deeply, you're going to know it mm. forever. You might need to refresh on it, but you know how to ride a bike. And they've proven this. People have been off of bikes for like 30. You know, it's not just a phrase, Adam. It's a lifestyle. <laughs> it's like they've been off of the bike for many years and they get back on and they, they remember how to do it. And you know what else? What? An elephant never forgets. I don't know how that ties in. 